to start today, which is called Building a New You. And I don't know if you saw that on our Facebook page, but we're going to be going uh, over the next few weeks into this series, and I'm excited about it because we all have parts of our lives that we almost wish we could take back to square one, right? We almost, you know, I wish I could maybe tear that down and then rebuild up knowing what I know now. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be diving into this. But today, kind of get this series started off, um, I want to ask a question. Has anyone ever bought a house? A couple people, yes, bought a house. What about looked at houses? Yeah. What about sold a house? Anyone sold a house? So you're going to follow a realtor around, and they're going to show you all of these different properties, right? And they're going to take you to a house, and, and maybe you know these, these two words. Um, my wife and I, uh, we're in the process of trying to get uh, some things done, and we're trying to sell the house we own uh, here in town. And we're really concerned about these two words, and it's these two words that when you pull up to a house for the first time, you know these two words I'm talking about? Curb, curb appeal. And we spend a lot of time, you know, trying to, well, let's paint this or let's make that look right. You know, let's plant some flowers maybe or here, you know, lift the trees and paint this room. Because we want, you know, when people pull up, you want that, that first impression, that curb appeal. And even if you haven't sold a house before and you're not traipsing around Brevard County with a realtor, maybe that's not you right now, you are actually very invested in curb appeal if you have social media. And everything boils down to this half-inch by half-inch small picture that you decide to put up there. That's your curb appeal. It's your profile picture, right? You'll go through all the pictures you possibly can to try to find the best picture where you look great. And it doesn't matter if there's an ex-boyfriend in it or an ex-girlfriend. You're like, I can crop them out. And I'm just going to, this picture of me looks great. I'm going to put that picture of me up there. That's what you're focused on and curb appeal. Maybe you'll put some, you know, uh, background picture, you know, your landscape, you know, the other thing. And, and if you've ever been involved with selling a house or been focused on curb appeal, it's a big deal, right? It's a big deal. But in the process of selling a house or buying a house, is it the curb appeal that actually makes you buy the house or not? No. Why? It's this fun guy who then comes after the realtor called the inspector. The home inspector. And this guy's going to go into this house and he's going to say, you know what, this house has great bones, right? Or, or bad bones, you know? And so this, this house might have great curb appeal, but you don't want to buy it because maybe there's termite damage that you can't see. Or maybe, you know what, this foundation is cracked and they've done a really good job to hide all this stuff on these walls. Maybe they've spackled or painted over it or done some, you know, fix-ups. But you don't want to buy this house because it has bad bones. It doesn't matter about the curb appeal. You're never going to have an inspector come and say, you know what, um, you're going to love this house. You should buy it. Um, the poinsettias they've planted over there, they're fantastic. And they've got this great little shrubbery um, over here. And that's why you want to buy the house, right? No. You don't want to buy that house because it has bad, has a bad inspection, has bad bones, has foundational problems. Or he'll come to you and say, you know what, this house is great. Maybe just a few tweaks 
here and there, but the foundation is good. The bones in that house are good. Because ultimately what we're talking about, starting off this series today, boils down to two different things. It's this battle between curb appeal and character reveal. You see, the inspector goes to that house, and when he's looking at it, he's, you know what, I'm going I'm to reveal the character of this house. I've been up in the attic, I've crawled under all these weird spaces that no one usually goes, I've checked the electrical to those outlets you never use, and it's bad. It doesn't matter about the curb appeal. But we live in a curb appeal society, don't we, today? Everything is about the first impression. Everything is about how you seem, how you appear, how you look. It's about the curb appeal. And the curb appeal could be great, but the character reveal might have some major structural flaws. And that's ultimately what we're talking about today when we start this Building a New You series. And we need to get that out of the way right from the beginning. It's not about the curb appeal. So if you came here today and you're all dolled up because it's Mother's Day, you know, I'm happy for you. But it's not about the curb appeal. It's about the character reveal. You see, God wants to build something phenomenal in you. Not ordinary, not mundane, not routine, not average. God wants to build something phenomenal in you. And He has a plan for each one of us in this room to either build or rebuild something amazing. But those plans start with the internal things. Those plans are all about the character reveal, not the curb appeal. God wants to work in our hearts today from the foundation up. Because he's not caring about what's on the outside, right? But what's on the inside. We're going to be looking at some scriptures later. They're going to bring that full circle. Have you ever followed up with someone you met on Facebook for the first time, talking about that curb appeal? Maybe you, you saw their picture for the first time. Maybe you're in that dating scene, or maybe you're in that you know, place where I, I have a friend, and they look kind of normal on their social media profile, and I'll, I'll go meet them up for, for coffee. Or maybe you've heard about someone just by hearsay, and their first impressions, their curb appeal for all you've been able to gather seem great. And you meet that person maybe up for coffee. And about 10 minutes into that conversation, you're like, whoa, um, curb appeal does not match character reveal. After 10 minutes, this conversation, I'm ready to check out. You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to the bathroom and you never come back. Maybe you've, maybe you've done that. Maybe you, maybe you haven't done that. Oh, look, uh, my alarm is going off. I have to go get a root canal uh, now. Um, sorry. And, and, and leave. And maybe you just bounce, you know, and, and leave right there because the character reveal after a short amount of time has led you to believe that the curb appeal wasn't everything it was cracked up to be. And ultimately, as this inspector goes to the house, and as you spend time with other people, you get to know their what? Their character. And this is what it really boils down to, is that being in relationships exposes those internal character things. Being in a relationship exposes your character. You can't hide it. Over time, 
People get to see the good and the bad of you. This is why being in relationships with friends is important. Because if you have good friends, they're going to be like, man, that wasn't right. You were, you were a jerk. You know, this is why being in relationships with marriage is so valuable. Because the longer you spend with someone, they're going to see your what? Not your curb appeal. That was the first date. You know, Marriage is the character reveal. And if you've been married a long time, a long time meaning one year or more, um, congratulations. Congratulations. Because it's tough, and if you're married in here, you know that. Because you get the good, the bad, and the ugly all wrapped up in a one. Like any house today, you don't start building from the decor, right? Well, I'm, you know, I've got a blank plot of land, and ooh, I'm going to put this picture here, and the couch can go there. No, you start from the where? The foundation up. And that's where Jesus' relationship comes to meet us. Because the more time we spend with Jesus, the character reveal becomes more evident in us, right? We we start finding things through spending time with Jesus. That's not the character that God has called us to to have. So ultimately today, we're going to be talking about why the heart is important. Not what the heart is needs to be. That'll be in a future time because over the next few weeks we're going to be looking at building these components of a new you from the ground up. And these components are, you know, your eyes to be open and aware of God and what is not God. We're going to be looking at your brain to to talk about a new way of thinking and how to approach your world from God's viewpoint. We're going to be talking about your heart again and then what it is, and what it needs to be. Today is just why it is important. We're going to be talking about hands, how they're supposed to be going and doing and being Jesus Christ in the community. And finally, we're going to wrap up with feet. You might not like feet, but we're not going to talk about physical things like that. It's more of how to step out in faith. As we build these components of the new you, I really wanted you to have this mindset of a house. That you're a house. And I want you to see if you can strip away all those things. The roof. Maybe not worry about that curb appeal so much. The walls and the framing. And just get down to the bare bones. The foundation of your house. To get to the, the core. The root of the issue. Because ultimately, your house is built around your heart. Now you might say, I've heard, well, home is where the heart is. We're going to take that a step further. Your house, your you, the components that build you are built around your heart. Y'all with me? Let's uh, look in our our Bibles. If you have uh, one, you can turn with me to Proverbs, or it's going to be on screen, Proverbs chapter 4. And at the end of this chapter... It really outlines why this series is going to be so important for us. We're going to pick up into verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. 
Keep them within your what? Within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else. Say that with me. Above all else. Now own it. Above all else. What? Guard your heart. Why? For it is the wellspring of life. Your heart is the wellspring of life. He goes on, verse 24, So put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes, we're going to be talking about eyes again, let your eyes look straight ahead and fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your what? For your feet. And take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. And keep your foot from evil. And Jesus said this a different way. Again, if you have your Bible, turn over chapter Luke. Chapter Luke, sorry. Book of Luke, chapter 6. Chapter 6, verses 43 through 45. And we've read this passage before, but I want us to look at it in a different context now. He says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. So simple, right? So simple. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. And here we go into verse 45. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. And Jesus is reminding us here that that the heart is so crucial. It's the foundation of everything you're going to build your house around. It's everything they're going to build the new you around ultimately comes back to the heart. And if you've got a heart problem, you've got a house problem. The hands, the feet, the brain. They're going to have issues. If you have a heart problem, you're going to have a house problem. Have you guys ever been? Uh, you, I'm sure you've been to friends' houses, right? You know, you've gone visiting to those places. Are there those places that you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to go back over there again? And maybe it's just uncomfortable. Maybe it's just weird. Maybe the, the feng shui is off. Maybe the couch you just disappear into and it's uncomfortable or they don't have right seating. You're know, like, sit over here. No, you can't sit over there. Oh, oh, okay. Sit over here. And it's just weird, you know? Maybe it smells. Maybe there's a smell that's just really weird associated with that house. You're like, I don't know if I want to go back. I love you guys, but ultimately, when I come past the curb appeal, after I followed Google Maps to get there, and I'm like, I take it all in the first step, and I go inside your house, the character of that house, what's happening in that house, the heart of that house starts being revealed to you like, it kind of stinks. And they, and they might not know it. Maybe they have cats. You know, maybe, and if you're a cat person, um, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say, um, but maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a cat problem. And maybe you go over to their house and, you know, like, wow, there's a smell here. Like, I don't smell anything. Maybe you have a cat and it, it's a litter box over there in the bathroom. The cat goes to the bathroom 
not outside the house, but inside the house. And, and no amount of Arm & Hammer, baking soda, ultra supreme kitty litter can mask that smell of cat. And you walk in, you're like, I, I, you don't smell that? No, I, I, everything is fine. Well, you've gotten used to the stink, but for other people, it might not smell the same. So maybe, maybe you've got those friends' houses that are like that. You just don't like to go over those. On the other side, maybe there's those people houses you walk in and it's just, maybe it's just refreshing, right? Maybe it just smells nice. They've got that candle going. You're like, I don't know where you got that candle, but I need to go get that candle so that I can take that candle and burn that in my house so that my house smells like your house because it smells fantastic. And maybe you go over there and they're always so welcome or hospitable and so nice and so friendly and you feel the heart of that house, the character starts getting revealed. And Jesus is reminding us here that when you get past the curb appeal and you start getting into other people's lives, their character and yours is going to be revealed. Again, if you have a heart problem, you've got a house problem. Again, the, the metaphorical house of you that you are building So I want you to take that cat analogy and put it in your own life. Are there some parts of your life that maybe you just need to change the litter? They just kind of stink. And other people can recognize that stink. And you're like, everything smells fine. I'm like, no. You got a heart problem. Jesus goes on after this. And we're going to continue right in Luke, again, chapter 6. Verse 46, and I don't think it's a coincidence that these passages are back-to-back, like one right after the other, one talking about the good tree and the bad tree and the fruit of the heart, because then Jesus goes on to say this in verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it, because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. These wise and foolish builders, we need to really be thinking about as we approach this series, building a new you. Because again, the heart, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Your heart is the foundation of everything you build on top of it. Turn with me to Mark chapter 7. We're going to look at uh, one more scripture here. Mark chapter 7. I'm going to read verse 14 through 23. It says, Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. What Jesus is saying here is not about the food. A lot of the, the early you know, Jews, they, they were really concerned about, well, we can eat this and we cannot eat that. 
You know, we, we, and we can have this type of fish, but not that one, and this pig, but only if it's prepared in this way, or not that pig, and this cow, and all this kind of weird stuff. And so what Jesus is saying, man, it's not about the food that you're putting into your bodies. What comes out of, again, your heart? And after he had left the, the crowd and, and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Like, hey, Jesus, you know, uh, can you clear that up for us? I, you know, we're really kind of dense here. And, and Jesus says, and this verse is in here, are you so dull? Like, are, come on, guys. Sharpest knife in the drawer, you are not. You know, brightest crown in the box. Give me some help here. Are you so dull? He asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, right? But to his stomach. And then out of his body. And saying this again, Jesus declared all foods clean. Verse 20, he went on. What comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, comes what? Can come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. And we have to recognize something, that if our hearts are left by themselves, we are going to ultimately bend away from God. We have to make a, a focused effort to keep our foundation focused on Jesus Christ so that these other things don't come out of our hearts, right? This sexual immorality, maybe some video you watched has just planted and grown a seed inside you. Maybe you've picked up some bad habits and bad words from the people you are hanging out with or used to hang out with, and, and they're still overflowing out of your heart into your vocabulary. Maybe you've been in situations where it was really easy to just take things from other people. And you find yourself still... Taking. Take, 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 take. I always find it funny when, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to come to church and I'm going to clean up my act. All right, I'm going to try to work on this. You see, God, He's actually wanting to just work on our hearts. When we fix the heart problem, He fixes the house problem. See, God wants our wellspring of life, our heart to be built on His foundation. And you might not have all the pieces of your life together this morning. And you're, you're finding yourself, man, I, I really wish, I really wish I could just go back and do some things again. Today is, is that chance. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, you can read this later, it's pretty much verse 16 through 40, but I'll kind of shorten this up for us and give you the, the breakdown. Paul and Silas are going around in Macedonia on their missionary journeys, and Paul's had this dream in Macedonia and say, come help us. And so they get up the next morning and they leave to go to Macedonia, and they're in this city of Philippi. And this lady who's a fortune teller and is basically a, a slave who's um, owned by these other people who collect the money that she gets, she tells fortunes and she passes, kind of like a... Um, I don't know, fortune-telling pimp. Uh, that's the best way to put it. Um, so she's owned by those guys, and she's following Paul and Silas around for days. 
streaming things. Finally, Paul can't take it anymore, and he says, get out of that woman, the spirit, and the spirit leaves her. Well, then the two guys who own the slave now have no more fortune teller income, so they get angry, and they take Paul and Silas before this court, and then they're beaten, and they're flogged, and then they're put in prison in shackles, and their feet are just in these wooden stocks there, and they can't even stand up, and, and they're locked up in this prison inside of a prison. They're in the inner cell of this prison in Philippi. And what are Paul and Silas doing? They're singing. They're singing praise to God. And right around midnight, this, this earthquake, this giant foundation-shaking earthquake comes along, and what does it do? It shakes everything and it opens up all the gates. And there's a guard who's watching over them that is in fear of his life if those prisoners escape. And so he's starting to worry. He says, you know, check who's in there. And Paul and Silas say, hey man, don't worry about us. We didn't move. Though the gates are open, we're still chilling here because we know your life depends on it. And that man in that moment says, I want to know what you know. I want to believe who you believe. And him and then his whole family get baptized And Paul and Silas are set free by that court the next day. We can boil that down for it to relate to us in this series as this point today. To find freedom, God has to shake you to your foundation. In other words, if you want to be free of the things that are holding you back, the things that you know are on that list that Jesus talked about, you're like, yeah, some of that's me. And I know that. If you want the freedoms from those things, you have to let God give you an earthquake and shake you down to your foundations. Take the roof off, take the walls down, the windows out, get rid of all the decor, forget about the curb appeal, because I'm going to focus on your character, on your heart, on the foundation of it all on that wellspring of life. And if you're going to have freedom in your life, God has to shake you to your foundation. And if you're one of those people, and realistically we all are today, who needs to put the pieces back together again, the right way. Not, you know, put together hastily, not roughly assembled Not a bad job of building a house, but a house with good bones, with good structure. We have to build that house from the ground up, from the foundation, from our hearts. We have to build our foundation, not in the right place, but on the right person. That's Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'll just close with this. It's not going to be on screen. But this verse comes back for us. Paul, again, is writing his second letter to the church in Corinth in verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. God wants to create new in each one of us today. He's saying, I I know where you've been. I've seen it all. I know your past. I was there for it. But if you're going to find those freedoms, you have to build on a, on a new foundation. And I'm that foundation. 
that cornerstone. Build your life upon me. And when those storms come, you're not going to be washed away. Your house is not going to be destroyed because you are built on the rock. Paul goes on finishing up. He says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Come home. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We have to build our foundation not in the right place, but on the right person. God wants to come to your rescue today and say, you know, again, forget about the curb appeal. Forget about what the world sees because I see something completely different. He wants to shake us to our foundations to get down to the root of the problem, which is ultimately always comes back to be a heart issue. That character reveal, not the curb appeal. So as we start this series, I really want us to be able to to think about the things that are getting in the way and and strip those down. Maybe it's the walls of your past. You just need to, you know what, I need to tear those down. That's not going to be part of the house that God wants me to build in this future. Maybe it's the windows of of bad habits. Say, you know what, I'm going to take those out because I want a new way of thinking. I want a new way of looking out into the world. Maybe it's the roof, the ceiling, the the thing that you thought you couldn't get past. I can't go there. I'll never be able to get to that point. And this ceiling, this roof is just keeping you hunkered down. Maybe God's saying, you know what, this should be a two-story, really. Not a one-story, I want to build you up bigger. But in order for us to do that, we need to take our house, the things that make you, you, down to the foundations. Focus on the heart. And over this next series, let God build a new you.